Today's episode is brought to you by the University of Hawaii College of Tropical Agriculture and Human Resources and the Seeds of Wellbeing, or SO Project. This podcast is supported by the Farm and Ranch Stress Assistance Network grant from the U.S. Department of Agriculture, National Institute of Food and Agriculture, and the Hawaii Department of Agriculture. Aloha, welcome to the SO Podcast, aimed to provide educational support, information, guidance, and outreach to farmers, ranchers, and our allied agriculture producers in Hawaii. We are your hosts, <laughs> Mele Oshiro and... Shannon Sam. And today we're going to be talking about different ag stressors in Hawaii and some resources that are available out here to help our farmers or ranchers and other ag producers. Mm -hmm. That's great, Melly. So I guess we're just going to basically have a discussion today and kind of talk about what we see as some potential ag stressors in Hawaii. And yeah, so I'm going to ask the question now, Melly. As someone who's had a lot of experience in the industry from a lot of different viewpoints as a researcher, an extension agent, as and as a vet tech, mm-hmm. what do you see as some potential stressors in the egg industry in Hawaii? Yeah, you know, over the years, it's it's very strange. And I always think that we're going to find new things that kind of come. And there are new things that kind of come. Mm-hmm. But in relation to like the most important things that are related, um, you know, we, we did a few surveys that have gone on over the past few years. One that we did with our livestock extension group was a needs assessment across the state. And some of the related topics in there that were the most important aspects, or I should say kind of the top three things um, in relation to anybody's livestock operation. First was commercial sales, of course, right? And I think some of the stressors that are related to that is our um, limited slaughter capacity on the islands and across across the state, you know? Um, so there's, there's some improvement and other options that are coming around the bend, hopefully for improving the capacity, um, on the islands, um, and even marketing, you Mm -hmm. know, people want to be able to have market local markets they can put their animals through, but even our beef cattle producers, you know, it's, it's not economically feasible for them to be able to finish animals in the, in the state. So a lot of it is all shipped out. Um, and so then you add that, as another stressor, right? The cost of shipping. Cost of oh, shipping yeah. And especially in the last two years with everything, I was like, shipping costs yeah. have just. Yeah. You know, and it, though, so, with everything going on in the world situation, it's likely not to get any cheaper, you know? So I think those no. are types of things, but there are, there are programs and we'll talk about that later, but there are programs that can kind of help you um, yeah. deal with those types of things, you know, and marketing is a, is a big one because it's not just access to marketing, but it's creating the right product for market and understanding what the, your inputs are, that's going to be able to make you gain in this local market. Well, with marketing, yeah. it's also knowing who your audience yeah. is. So uh, let's say you and I both produce poultry, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say we both produce eggs, but we might have completely different target audiences because Mele may raise pasture raised organic eggs, whereas I specialize in, let's say, pasture raised or chickens that are fed a flaxseed diet Mm -hmm. or a specific flaxseed diet. Mm -hmm. You know, those could potentially have some overlapping market, but they might be two completely different target markets, you know? So I think that's, that's a big thing too, is also who are you marketing? And I think that's a 
Yeah. And your area, right? Because like from island to island, I think our markets do change a little bit. Local markets do change. And the yeah, especially if you're trying to sell locally, it's Mm -hmm. very, yeah, yeah, unique. So understanding that is very important. You know, Mm -hmm. one of the other thing that was brought up was just the ability for those producers to provide for their family, whether their farm is providing for the family and in the source of the proteins or whatever they're growing, or just financially supporting their family as a second income or whatnot. You know, those are important things. And it all falls back to being able to have yeah. the commercial sales, right? And yeah. another big topic that comes up all the time is land, right? Availability oh of land, management of the land. I think that's a main one mm-hmm. consistent across most commodities, yeah. if not all. It's a tough one. I mean, our government's policy for land management and yeah. is, is one that I think everybody struggles with in order to kind of alleviate some of that stresses we got to really understand who can we go to you know and in order to kind of understand the policies that is there and then what should you be doing as a producer what can you do as a producer to help kind of stand up for those actions that need to be taken to be able to have that land become more available for agricultural production right and other things related to land management is just the grazing management right in grazing systems how do you properly manage your grazing systems to ensure those conservation efforts and ecosystem services that you as a producer provide is done properly you know, and managing the weeds and the pests and invasive species that are coming on, you know, right now on Hawaii Island, two-line spittlebug is a big one um, that has, is, is causing wreck to our pastures. You know, I mean, and there's a lot more. Some people will have both cattle and goats because Mm -hmm. the cattle or well, sometimes horses, but usually cattle and sheep are a little more persnickety in terms of what they choose to digest and eat yeah. than goats, yeah. depending on, again, on like pasture setup, which Melly can talk more about. You, I always, yeah. I know people like to use goats generally as cleanup. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they just, they're browsers, right? So just, it's yeah. just a little and they bit can different. Eat stuff that's yeah. poisonous to other livestock. Yeah. Your rumens are amazing. Yeah. Even sheep <laughs> is the same, same scenario, right? You can use yeah. them to graze here, you know, fireweed, the yellow flower is one of the big things. Mm-hmm. And they have been a managed, uh, used as a management system or part of a management system Mm -hmm. in many different farms and ranches here, you know, even grazing understory and whatnot with the sheep, you know, they're a little bit smaller, so a little bit easier to manage, but you know, there's actually Dr. Provenza who has studied grazing behavior for a long time, calls them flirt flocks and herds and um, they use them, you know, and and there's a few ranchers that have done this, you know, incorporating them together. You kind of have to build your, your flock. So, or flirt so that they're used to each other (laughs) and they can graze alongside, but it's also just not doable. Yeah. And not only for the use of them in grazing management and weed control in your pastures, but also protection for those smaller livestock, because they kind of bond, they kind of bond up to those larger livestock. And if you had dogs or anything like that come through, you kind of see these smaller guys go in between the bigger herd, you know, and it sort of gives them some type of protection. At least that's one of the, one of the nice. thoughts behind having a flirt. So, um, and you I know, just love it. Like yeah. The name flirt. yeah. And you know, this is, I don't think those are like, it, yeah. Definitely mm-hmm. not extensive of the issues um, or aspects that are very important yeah. to livestock operation operations here in Hawaii, but just kind of those top three that kind of come to my mind um, and what a lot of folks kind of reach out for help for. So, and I'm sure Shannon, it probably has other, you know, on the other side of thing, there's other stressors or challenges producers face in Hawaii that she's probably come across on her end. So I'll let her discuss some of those. 
Well, I would agree with you that when, when I conducted my needs assessment, that marketing was a main one that did come up across all commodities because I, I do go across all commodities uh, with my background in economics and statistics and business. Well, that sounds like a lot, but it's, it's not really, it's all kind of interrelated a little bit. So, but also some other things I think that have been a big issue and particularly in the last, oh, probably three to six months has been inflation. I was like, Melly and I have had some side conversations offline and <laughs> via Zoom or on the phone, just talking about that. And mm-hmm. just even how the prices in the retail grocery store have changed, but okay. what producers are receiving, mm-hmm. it hasn't quite caught up with that yet. So there's a lot of that that's happening with people. You know, I mean, oftentimes, unless you're a fully self-sufficient farm, which yay, if you are, but it's a, it's a, it's kind of hard to be really, if you think about it. So you're still having to go to the grocery store and buy stuff, the increase in prices, whether that's food, fuel, you know, whatever. I mean, it's, it's gone up a lot in the last two years. And again, some of that's related to shipping costs. Some of that's inflation. Some of that's just the general state of the world with the pandemic and stuff, but we've had increased prices and at the store for things, like I said, and fuel, especially the last couple of months. Yeah. I'm making faces now. It's gone up a good bit. Yeah. And if you're running heavier equipment or you need to try and run stuff more often, you know, for your operation, that's costing you a lot of money right now. You know, fertilizer people. I mean, because the labor market, especially unfortunately, or fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, the labor market is in a is has is currently having a shortage and so there's right now there's like almost more jobs than people well there's not there is more jobs than people let me be a little more specific hawaii because we are uh, an island you know it's it's made even more difficult to get labor here or you know people that left during the pandemic for other jobs like do they want to come back are they going to be making as much equivalently the cost of living has just increased so much in the last two years alone. And then, like I said, you throw in the inflation in the last three to six months. I mean, electricity has gone up. I feel like everything. And then we've had a lot of big changes in the economy. So we've, I don't know if we're going into a new cycle of normal for the livestock industry and the cattle industry in particular, but we might be headed that way is kind of what some of the other economists are saying that I've talked to. And I'm just going to bring up labor again, because I feel like that's yeah. something that everybody has issues with. Yeah. It's, it's a difficult one to deal with. I, I there's just so many, th- there's a lot of stressors. in it. Yeah. And I was on a, a call the other day with RASIP, basically the Western region ag stress assistance program. Basically it's a regional group of extension researchers and other uh, nonprofits that meet every quarter or so and kind of discuss what's going on in the region related to agriculture and stressors and how we can help people. And that's just one that's come up. I mean, all these things are ones that have kind of come up again and again, I feel like. There's a lot of things that change and go on, you know, when you look back 10, five, 10 years, but I think we still in general are still dealing with the same umbrella of things, you know, here in Hawaii, we just are always going to have to deal with shipping costs, which turns yes. around and just has that influence over every, the whole overhead of your, your operation, because you you're either dealing with high shipping costs, which is going to influence things like you said, right? Fuel, 
right? Or our feed, if we're having poultry, you know, some of those other operations that require you to have, or you need to have mm-hmm. those types of concentrate feeds, you're going to yeah. be impacted by those shipping costs. And um, ultimately, you know, that overhead for your operation. Yeah. Um, Shannon was talking about RASAP. There's a lot of resources out there, you know, for you to either learn different management practices that can help reduce cost in other ways. Oh, um, yeah. I, I think first resource that we probably want to say, of course, is, you know, UH. UA, Cooperative Extension Service, for those that are not familiar with it, there's Cooperative Extension extension agents across the state on all your different islands. We work with a variety of agriculture enterprises. So from edible crops to home gardens, you know, there's the master gardeners program, there's livestock agents on the island, folks that deal with farm and finance and record keeping and all that. That's I'm what right Shannon here. does. You know, I'm, I'm the livestock, <laughs> but agent. also marketing and business planning and, mar- yeah. and just the general economics right. of the state and stuff. I mean, there's a lot we cover Yeah, and there's a lot of, um, yeah. There's a lot of interdisciplinary work and stuff that goes on at UH. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if you have a question, I would say the best bet is just to reach out to someone at UH, Mm -hmm. particularly an extension. Oftentimes extension tends to, we get around a lot. I don't know if we're we're like those kids that are butterflies in a way, but yeah. Yeah. You know, and one of the tools for extension is is the outreach, right? That we do with our farmers and the extension work that you do, working with them hands-on if they need help in certain areas, doing those farm calls or ranch visits when you need them. Yeah. Or if you you have questions about things because of the last year's, I've couple of years, I've had a few people that have called in relation to certain transition planning things yeah. on their farm and ranch because, yeah, you know, the unexpected happens sometimes. And mm-hmm. so I was like, there's always, there's resources out there and I can definitely hook yeah. you up with those, but there's, whether it's us or someone else that we know, there's a yeah. lot of them available in Hawaii. We are yeah. really lucky. Yes. Yeah, huh? so I think the easiest way to go about it is whatever your industry is that you are working in, whether it's edible crops or livestock or yeah. find those agents that are out there and they can direct you. If you're not yeah. sure who can help you call the, call one of the extension office nearest you yes. and just, and ask that. They are you know, generally really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, because there's all kinds of different groups. You know, if we can't answer it, maybe maybe someone at HCC can, yeah. or I should say Hawaii Cattlemen's <laughs> Council. Yeah. I'm going to try and not do, I'm, I'm going to try y'all and not do too many acronyms, but yeah. like there's like Big Island Farm Bureau. Yeah. And like I said, there's there's RASAP that Mele and I are involved in some of that stuff they do. Extension is a great clearinghouse for that. I mean, there's mediators and stuff that we can co- hook you up with or hook people up with if they need that. Because mm-hmm. let's be honest, sometimes we don't get along as family members. And sometimes that's the biggest issue. You know, and sometimes community- when you have a big group, you know, or family that you need to go through that whole discussion of what yeah. to do, it's it's helpful to have the outside person in there kind of doing the logistics of what you yeah. need to get through. Because I know yeah. when our family gets together and we're trying to plan something, there, it's not an argument, it just becomes a big, great, big discussion. And we all just sit oh, there. I like that, that you end. call it a discussion. Yeah. And we don't, you know, it's not even an argument. We just sit there and we talk story about everything else except what we actually came there for and yeah. which is great you know because you get to visit but then you don't yeah. actually accomplish what you what you set out to do for the day so anyways yeah. uh ctar cooperative extension agents um are a great resource for you reach out to the offices and they can direct you to mm-hmm. the agent that can best help you mm-hmm. um the other one is our soul um project you know the seeds of well-being yeah. project um, we have also- a clearing house as well that they're actually mm-hmm. 
I don't know if the website is set up, but they actually are in the process of creating the the map for that. Sorry for cutting yes. you off, Millie. Go ahead. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I was going to say. The Seeds of Wellbeing is going to have a website and they'll have resources on there. They're creating this map that Shannon just said that you can look across the state to find the different Great. resources. Yeah. Um, that will be something that's going to be available. I'll let Shannon talk more about RASA because the it's the Western Regional Agricultural Stress Assistant Program, and they have a great clearinghouse of resources as well. But I'll let Shannon explain a little bit more about what they are. Yeah. So RASAP, like Malay said, I'm just going to call this one RASAP. I know I said I'd try not to acronym you, but <laughs> it's really long and I will get tongue tied. So, but the Western Regional Ag Stress Assistance Program, I have to say it real slow. Again, it's a tongue twister for me. They have a clearinghouse of different programs, bureaus, centers that they've gathered for each of the 13 states, I believe, and the four territories. So if someone who is listening to this, because this does go out worldwide, is in like Guam mm -hmm. or Micronesia mm -hmm. and some of those places, you should check here because there might be resources available. I know for sure Guam because one of the colleagues, I work with him and he's out of the University of Guam. So they've collected as many resources as possible for the different states and islands and territories, which is just great. And there is some overlap with so because the projects are tangentially related under USDA NEFA since USDA NEFA and the newest farm bill have really taken a good look at kind of what producers need in terms of, I don't want to say stress relief, but looking at like ag stressors related to, to producers and their needs and like trying to make sure that there are groups, organizations, partnerships that are established to help minimize those. Anyways, they're just to name a few, they have things like Big Island Farm Bureau. They have CTAR Cooperative Extension Service. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but they have things like the Environmental Mediation Center. Uh -huh. So like I said, mediation sometimes is really helpful, especially when you're doing a state and transition planner, planner, planning, sorry. Mm -hmm. You know, like I have my mediation certifications for like the Midwest and the Plains from when I was there. And I took my recertifications last year because why not? We were all stuck indoors anyways. And so I was like, I can do that. But I can tell you personally from my own experience dealing with my family, doing a state and transition planning for our, our farm and ranch, that I am not the one to mediate that situation because we all like have thoughts and feelings about that. So like having an outside mediator come in and help is really helpful, even though in general, I don't know if I'm the peacemaker in the family or not or whatever. They might say that, you know, but they probably wouldn't. But it's one of those things like <laughs> I, I do have a stake in the game in a way, you know what I mean? So it's I know that I'm not the right person because mm -hmm. I probably would get quite heated at certain points. Right. So having an outside mediator come in and set those ground rules for everybody, honestly, it's just so helpful. And there are programs through USDA. It's free. Mm -hmm. So, and I, I think maybe Hawaii department of ag as well. I don't think it's listed on here. Do you know, Millie? Yeah, I think they are. Cause they are one of the, um, are they uh, one of the collaborators also? for okay. RASAP? Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. So I believe they are listed on there. And then there's GMO free Maui. There's again, Hawaii farm bureau. I mean, there's tons Hawaii ag mediation program. There's yep. lots and lots of programs on here. Yep. Hawaii department of agriculture, Hawaii Organic Farmers Association, Hawaii Seed, Hawaii State Farm Service Agency. So there's lots and lots of different groups mm. and clearinghouses. This actually has multiple pages, this website, yeah. which we'll link below. And we will try and link, if our site is up and running, we will link that as well. 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was like, there's just so many resources out there. And like I said, if you're in doubt because there are so many and you're just not sure who to go to, reach out to like your local agent or your local office and just ask. Or even so, reach out to won't. Shannon and I, and we can kind of help too. you um, filter <laughs> yes, through all that and, or, you <laughs> yeah. know, find you this resource or the person that can help you best. And, you know, some yeah. of the other resources that we have here is just, you know, in some of the programs is FSA, you know, the farm service agency. Yes. They have been so amazing. And we've had them on our livestock Palhana, which we have, which is another resource now. (laughs) Yeah. That is another resource. Yeah. Yeah. Farm service agency. They have a lot of programs. One in particular I'll mention is the LF LFP, which is the livestock forage program that they do, which helps Mm -hmm. to reimburse and help with feed costs and whatnot when there's a drought and all that kind of stuff. So take advantage of those programs and, you know, reach out to your local FSA person and get in touch with them. And if you don't know who that is, contact us. We'll happy to put you in touch with them. Yeah, send us an email. We can find Mm -hmm. them. Yeah. And then the other one is our livestock extension group. We put on a quarterly Palhana, which is online. And Mm -hmm. that's another opportunity. We have a lot of legislators um, or legislative folks that Mm -hmm. come um, to hear about the issues that's going on. When we start to talk about land management and all these kinds of places, this is, I I think, a way for you to kind of express what's going on in your feelings and and the livestock extension group although it, livestock agent and Hoy cattlemen's that is the yeah. host for this any aspect of livestock to come here you know whether you know you're even just poultry and just is not limited and you yeah. know reach out yeah and um, there's different you know the leg also the livestock extension group also has like a newsletter you can be part of and different mm-hmm. meetings so i know andrea andrea kawabata who is our coffee specialist in the state or coffee extension agent sorry has the coffee ed website that is amazing has tons of resources she's got all of our previous webinars that we just did and we just did one a series on coffee crop insurances available for the cherries and the trees as well as other disaster and whole farm opportunities that are available and how to get, you know, if you need like additional subsidies for those, if you're a new or disadvantaged farmer, a lot of those options, they exist out there and that information is out there. And in fact, it brought up some information, it brought up some questions by producers that participated in that, as well as industry people been talking to RMA about making some potential changes to this crop insurance from producers being involved and like seeking out this information. Hopefully it will help make it better for all like coffee producers in the state, you know, ideally, because it's these coffee producers that are asking this question and being like, well, this doesn't make any sense for what our needs are in this state, you know, and we understand you're basing it off of X, Y, and Z done elsewhere, but this is what we need. This is why we need it. And they've been doing a very good job of stating that. And that's kind of the balls in, in, in RMA's court at this point, if I recall correctly. So it's gotten a small consortium or a good sized consortium of them together to really say, Hey, and like, they're kind of pushing to get these changes. So seeing out these resources and finding these things and seeing, Hey, this works or this doesn't work. And then being able to go back. I mean, some of these meetings that are available, give you some real good opportunities to talk to some of these people that are really high up in these different groups. And I don't understand this. Why is it this way? It makes no sense for here. Or, you know what? This is great. Yeah. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know, sometimes they, those folks yeah. that are putting on the programs on the higher end don't really 
have the opportunity to hear from the producer on the ground yes and they what's love that. going on you know and they do want to yeah. hear and they do want to know what's working and what's not working so yes. yeah you know one that's a, a great way even if you don't want to say anything in the meeting but sit there and listen that's a great way to know and you can yeah. always reach out to those folks that are in there individually later on but yeah yeah and that, that's the nice thing about going to do different things like the leg pauhana which takes place regularly or i know like hca and some of the different coffee groups and i know andrea's done like i said we did this series of webinars and we have another series coming up soon where these people that are involved with like risk management agency usda and fsa and like all of the different groups i was like they can kind of hear questions and realize hey you know so mm -hmm. really yeah. good opportunities yeah yeah so you know those yeah. are some resources that are out there definitely not an extensive list of resources no. that are available or folks that we can direct you to so like we said yeah. you can reach out to the extension offices or to us here at the soul project mm -hmm. uh, and we're more than happy you know to kind of direct you in the right to the person that maybe can help you um i yeah. hope that you know this helps listeners gain some knowledge about where they can go and locate those resources uh, and help deal with some of the issues we talked about today or, you know, just gain more information about that and visit, you know, if you haven't, visit our Seeds of Wellbeing website and our YouTube channel, which we'll list in the show notes below. Yes, and for additional information about this topic, see the links provided in the show notes. Also, just a quick reminder, if you haven't already, please complete the So Needs Assessment Survey. Thanks for listening to the So Podcast. Right, before we go, show some love for your favorite podcast by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you're listening to this podcast. And then stay tuned for next month. Mahalo for listening. Ahoy ho. Ahoy.